The time is now. What is the secret to success? Movement. People look at you strange saying you change, like you work that hard to stay the same. Like you're doing all this for a reason. Hard work. Yeah. Works. Welcome to the latest Trainers Talk. This is Donovan. Um, we have a great uh, episode today. I get to sit down and I got to sit down with uh, my friend and uh, trainer extraordinaire Juan Gomez who owns B360 um, and he works a lot with, uh, he has a great one-on-one business, online training business and he also specializes in working with uh, cycling athletes, uh, amateur and professional, and helping them, um, you know, really up their game on on the road bikes and and such. And he has a really cool trip coming up in in March that he's taking some people down to Colombia, where he grew up, uh, for an awesome trip uh, in the coffee lands of Colombia. So we talk about our careers a little bit and different things he's seen over his 20 years of uh, being in this business. Uh, So that is a really awesome talk. Uh, And then also uh, coming down the pipeline, we we have some more um, content that's coming out. If you check out my YouTube, subscribe, uh, different content that's going to be of the different different hotel luxury properties that we work with and some uh, additional ones that we don't work with. We're going to be doing kind of a series, sprinkling in a couple of times a month, some of those uh, those things, how you know these properties look from behind the scenes, uh, and what a guest who pays over a thousand dollars a night gets when they, uh, from a health and fitness standpoint, when they stay at these properties. So check out that, but um, sit sit down, enjoy this conversation that I have with my good friend and brother. Juan Gomez. Hello, boys and girls. I want to welcome you to the latest Trainers Talk. Uh, I have a, a, a great friend of mine that's on this one. He is the owner of the B360. He's the strength and conditioning coach, performance coach extraordinaire, Juan Gomez. How you doing, buddy? How you doing, D? It's a pleasure um, to be here with you again. I think the last time we had one of these were in the middle of the pandemic, and uh, a lot has changed in so many ways for everybody. But I'm happy to be here with you as always. I'm happy to, uh, you know, connect, exchange some ideas, and uh, you know, do what we love to do, which is talking about fitness and you know the future of this amazing career that we both decided to take on many, many years ago. Yeah, that's that's for sure. It's it's uh, funny we're we're both on here and uh, we got we got some gray in our in our beards and uh, we got a little bit of life in us. You know, been doing this for almost twenty years. Um, yeah. You know, when you thinking about like in the last fifteen years, what what has been your process uh, working with new clients? You know, now compared to when you know 10, 15 years ago. Well, I think I think um, I think the most important thing to to consider when it comes to the evolution of fitness or or what we what we've done for our clientele and, and in general is um, we or at least 
um, I know you and I have both this um, continuously improved, change, um, updated, uh, make the adjustments necessary to actually provide a better service and a quali more quality service to all of our um, clientels and friends. I think when we started, it was just more of the um, simplistic way of thinking fitness was just about weight loss or one or building muscle, but it never come to, on my end to understand it was just more than as much as is the physical part of it, also the mental part of it, the uh, prevention, the healthy aging and all those sort of components that the, after years of doing it, we realize, oh wait, our clients actually are looking for something just a little bit more, um, um, a little bit wider than what we were thought we were going to be doing. And um, the evolution came mostly from that, from understanding that fitness as just fitness is just for the goals of the clients or the goals that we have trying to deal with the clients. But, but when it comes to health and wellness, it just involves so many aspects that um, from years, and you and I talked that when you came here, has allowed us to kind of uh, create a bigger picture and a bigger programs for those that um, are decided to train with us. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I kind of think of it in, in a way where the more and more I've been in this uh, world, this business of working with clients or working with people is that we've gone less external look and more internal. That's, yeah. that's right. Mm -hmm. And so in a way we've, we've gone less on the vanity side of our training and that's still a part of it, but it's, it's kind of gone more to what's, you know, in the mind, what's in the, uh, the organs, how the organs are functioning, how the, how that's going to overall, you know, help the longevity of the client. And so, uh, and you know, within that process, do you think, what have you learned about your, your own body trying to, you know, over this last 15 years? Because obviously, as we age as trainers and, yes. and movement changes and how we, what we can do in the gym and what we can do in terms of working out, how, how has that changed for you? Yes, that's, that's, that's actually a very important question, because I don't think we have, we would, we wouldn't be here if we wouldn't put in practice what we just preach, you know, we wouldn't be here doing what we're doing, um, trying to get the, try to tell people or show people the, the, the real value of exercising and, and be committed to a program if we would have done it in, in under the same um, terms. Because I think, like you said, um, we know, and probably those who talk to you or those who talk to me, they know you and I along the way, I've met a lot of people who have decided to be trainers or work with uh, clients in the fitness industry, but they have never realized the long hours, how, um, how um, energy consuming is, the long days, you know, you're sacrificing time with your family, your beloved ones and everybody. And I think um, the evolution of what we've done to ourselves is, is the reason we're still doing this. So. Uh, you asked me about what I've done differently. I think, um, you know, those days where I was just doing split routines, which there's a, a place for him. There's a place and a, and, and a population for it. Can you explain but, what uh, split routines yes. are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, that's the conventional, you know, typical bodybuilding concept of 
pull, push, or lower body. You do one day just upper body pulling, lower body next day. The next day you do pushing muscles. So you do chest, triceps, shoulders, or you do antagonist back and chest or big muscle, small muscle. That's kind of like a split routines where about, where we actually just divided our bodies, segmented our bodies. Yeah. You know, one day with just triceps and you and I have few fun sessions doing that at the gym when we work together in the beginning. And, um, but that's something, for example, I try not to apply a lot with my clients unless I see the importance, because like I said, there's a place and there is a population for it. Um, but I think overall, I have adopted more into the functional part, the bigger picture combining, you know, resistance with cardiovascular training, with mobility, with, um, <clears throat> with efficiency as far as the uh, cardiovascular system. That's one thing I have, I have changed on my own training um, because of the schedule and we are busy with family and everything else. Now we don't have the hour and a half or two hours we used to have after a long day, nor the energy. So now we just have an hour or 45 minutes to squeeze something. So we actually come out with five, six movements and just knock them all out and get it done with. And, but I think the most important part that I have learned be, uh, with me throughout my, my training is the recovery part and the deloading part. So the recovery part, as far as, hey, I am, um, I'm doing uh, this session in the morning. I'm working out with Donovan in the morning. We're doing heavy weights. What should I do the day before? Should I just up my protein intake? Should I get a little bit more sleep, hydrate? I'm not doing much tomorrow as far as cardio and energy consuming. Should I just hold back a little bit on carbs? Not a lot of calories. I can probably, there's room for maybe intermittent, intermittent fasting, things like that. So it's, it's the best school we have gone is our own bodies in our own perspective, perception of how training is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think there is a, uh, a space where, you know, you, you, you get, you get a little humbled as you kind of progress and you learn like what, what things really keep you going. And then also, I think, I think our ego, as you become a better trainer, you, it reduces because you, you realize that everybody can, can learn something. And then, uh, and you realize at the end of the day, the things like when you, when you have a family, the things that really matter, so yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, the need to be the biggest and strongest dude in the gym is, is not longer the thing It's yeah. like, can you, can you be in a healthy state so you can provide for your family? Can you, correct? you know, to provide the service for your, your clients? Um, one of the things I've seen that's transformed for you over the last, you know, from afar is your love for cycling. It's seems. Yes. Like, uh, you know, you've been on, on the bike, the road bike in particular, a lot more. And I'm noticing even from your social media and your, and some of our conversations that cycling has become a, a new passion and, 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 a clientele that has grown for you. So tell me a little bit more about that. How did you get yes. that recycling first? How did that happen? Well, um, those, you, you know, this, but those who don't know me, you know, I'm from Colombia. I moved here when I was 19, long 20 three years ago and um, cycling in Colombia is like, it's not even a sport. It's like a vehicle, a way to transport people, the transportation uh, way to do it, Uh, go from point A to point B. Uh, We had a a 
huge, diverse uh, topography. The, ter the, the, the terrain is pretty uh, aggressive. And, and, and for us, cycling is just basically a way to uh, go on with our lives. I never grew up with that. I never grew up, I never, I never had to, I mean, I grew up with bikes, but I never had the need to bike for 20 miles to go to school or anything. I was very lucky to do, lucky not to have to do that like a lot of kids do. I don't know if it's lucky or unlucky because actually those who done it went on in life to be able to do a lot of stuff, go to school, go back. Those use that way to get to where they wanted to be yeah. in life. Um, I didn't have to do that, but um, so it was kind of in the back for years, the back burner for years. But I think my passion for cycling and you, um, this is something that we talk about all the time is it when it, it started out because it was more of a way to connect with people, community. It's just, it was just more a way to, hey, we love bikes or we love outdoors. Um, you're way better than me on bikes or I am probably going to be faster than you. But the point is not that when you are, when you're on a bike, is you and the route, is you and the road. I mean, you you your feeder, you go faster and you just go. Yeah. I'm not that fast. I'll still get there. Either you wait or you have just to you know, be miserable. But um, it, it it came out as an opportunity to connect, um, to connect with um, people that I kind of knew that I don't see often. Um, and, you know, I was always trying to find, I mean, I'm always very like curious about learning about aerobic endurance, cardiovascular endurance type sports, training this way, training that way, you know, as far as strength, as far as um, aerobic endurance type stuff, those sort of things. So I kind of connected with my desire to learn and also kind of like the, the, the desire to connect with other people. And, um, and I was lucky enough to have you know, this, this job has allowed us to meet people that I don't even know how it happened, but we ended up meeting people that you're like, how, how did this happen? How did we end up training this person? And because of that, we actually were able to have these opportunities to see things, to do things with them because they just want us to be part of it. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to be part of the Tour de France at some point with one of my clients who's used to co-own a team. And we actually the whole week experiencing friends with a with a team, with a with a staff, with a competition, be in the car with them. So it was a, an amazing experience. But once again, that's that's kind of like get me like that the extra push that I needed. But the way I see it is the way you train and the way I do this is I see it more as a way to you know add that little extra fun component or that passion component that needs to happen. And that's what I tell people all the time. The way room is not the only option we have for fitness. It's not the only option we have to, to, to be better or healthier. It needs to start in a place that you actually be gonna be committed to, whether it is, I enjoy going to the gym to do body weight. I enjoy walking at the park and doing intervals, or I enjoy riding for a mile and then do some stretches. So whatever passion, whatever allows us to come back the next day and do it again, and then once we get a routine and a habit, we'll be able to, you know, try to continue on. So that's how I started doing cycling, more of a way to connect with people and more of a way to actually explore opportunities for, 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 for me to learn and also for others to actually feel like there is, there is just more than just one particular thing to do, which is 
the weight room, the gym. Because sometimes, you know, the gym can be intimidating for a lot of people. Yeah. So that's how I started. That's that's cool. And when what what year around what year was it when you did the Tour de France thing? Yeah. So 2016, um, the um, the Draypack, uh, Michael Draypack was um, he was co-owner of a team, the only um, American team that was there. Yeah. Which was called back in the days Cannondale Draypack, which is now uh, Education First EF, and it's a team that actually competes in the World Tour events. Um, I don't know. He came in town and. Yeah. And you know, you know how it is. You know how yeah, it works. exactly. Yeah, it's that's like, how it's... I think. I remember you actually. That's how you ended there where you are. I think that's something a story like that. It's just yeah. so crazy that I don't know. So he ended up coming asking for a trainer. I think he trained with somebody, but I think he probably he saw me training with somebody, and then he came. He's like, no, I'm looking more for somebody who's more of a holistic approach, more of um, you know, have a little bit more foundation about um, health. Yeah. rather than just like uh, muscle size or anything. And we just connected that way. And then he, his leader, his leading rider was a guy from Colombia. He like, you know, cycling is not a, just a, a, a team, an individual sport. There's people who actually, it's like a quarterback. Totally. Everybody works toward one leader in order to get him there to win. The leader of the team back there, back then, he, he was from, he, he was from Colombia. And that year I, w- I got to go to France, he finished second on the Tour de France. So I got to be at the embassy celebrating the, uh, he finished second on the podium, surrounded by these amazing writers and I couldn't believe it. And I was like, man, you just never know what life is gonna, you know. So uh, that was in 2016, yes, so. That's cool, that's cool. And and so, you, you know, one of the things that we were talking about that, um, when I, I was, I was in Atlanta for the holidays visiting my parents and we were able to get a workout in and you were mentioning that you have a camp, you know, that you're going to be doing in Columbia. Tell me uh, about the cycling camp and how yeah. people can sign up and, and tell me a little bit more about the experience. Yeah. So, um, um, in 2019, right before pandemic, um, so basically my, my business model of cycling is online coaching. Basically, I just prescribe routines for people to do on their own. And then I get a platform that actually would give me reports about like, how did they do it? Like the average heart rate and all those specific things that we need to know. And then in 2019, I decided to do a camp here in Asheville, North Carolina, which is like paradise for cyclists because it's just, you know, the terrain, the mountains is beautiful. And we did one in 2019, it was just the beginning. We had uh, uh, 15 riders, five came from Colombia and 10 were from the United States. And it was a great experience. And then uh, pandemic hit, you know, it was a lot of issues as far as like, you know, trans- uh, going somewhere and do it again. I, I, I wanted to do it again, but unfortunately it didn't work out for everybody. So this year I'm gonna do it for the first time. We're gonna take everybody from here to Colombia. And we're going to take it to what's called the coffee land. So the coffee lands is basically where I'm from. It's three different states. Think of California and, you know, the next neighbor states. Yeah. And they all, they all make part of what's called the perfect place for coffee. So everything you see in that area is just coffee, coffee plantations. And you're just surrounded by amazing views and mountains and stuff. So um, right now we have coffee, fa- coffee farms that have become lodges, I mean, hotels and places to stay overnight, very equipped with like 
um, chefs and staff and 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 they they actually give you the whole experience of coffee going to a small farms and walk you through the whole process. So yeah, this year we decided to do it with people who love to know more about coffee, people who want to know about you know cuisine, um, food, uh, uh, landscape. But the main the main part of it is we're going to use bikes, and and the bike the bike thing is going to be a lot of people find it kind of challenging, but that's just the way Colombia is for cycling. But we're going to provide opportunities for those who don't want to ride hard every day just to you know hop on the van and just go to the hotel we have organized ways to people do like day tours to the farms or you know visit a landmark or something like small towns that we have go shopping or something so we are going to make it in 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 ways that people can actually enjoy but in mind that it's all throughout just riding bicycles Oh, cool. And where, where, when, when are you doing that? What's the, when's the dates for that? Yes, we'll, we'll start a camp on March 28th, which is on a Tuesday. And, um, and then we are going to end it in, on Saturday, uh, April 2nd. Um, it's going to be four, four stages back to date every day. Uh, and then we're going to uh, start a camp in a place called Pereira City, where I'm from. And it's international flights there. People fly from here, can, it's direct flights there. And um, we'll start the camp from there, but we're gonna go along the Andes and along the coffee lands. And we're gonna go from one farm to the next one. And so we're now actually based in one place. So you're gonna get to see the Andes, the coffee farms. You're gonna see the, the valleys where the, you know, like this, with this uh, sugar cane plantations and stuff like that. So we're trying to make it as diverse as we can in such a short time. Yeah, but it's definitely an experience that those who sign up are just blown away by that. So yeah. we hope that we get to have people, you know, to uh, join us and you know get to see Colombia from a bicycle perspective, you know. And this could be the beginning of many other opportunities on that. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's cool. I, I think if Jackie hears about the coffee part, she's like the coffee. You're like what? I'm I'm on my way. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah so uh that that that's that's cool um yeah i would what we'll do is we'll we'll put a um a link out and everything when we when we are posting this uh interview and stuff like that so people can kind of go to where they can to contact you to sign up if they want to sign up great great awesome awesome um i have a question for you actually um because we were talking about training and um people know that i have always found you uh a, a great reference for me to, you know, for my training, for my approach about uh, this industry. Um, it's not an, e- an easy industry to be in, first of all. Yeah. And it's not an easy industry to, uh, like, can be intimidating because I remember when we started, I was like, man, I see those guys all buff and all those, you know, jacked and they spend the whole day at the gym and they look like they're going to have so much clientele. And they, it was me just having one or two clients. Yeah. And then 20 years later, almost, well, 18 years later, here I am. I'm just like, you know, craft, like working on my craft even more and more, make it a little bit more, a better service, of course. Yeah. But also a smarter service. So my question to you is, how is hard from your perspective? How are you, um, how's your, how's your, how's your training? How's your approach about fitness has changed throughout these years? Yeah, that's a good good question. I think um, for me, most of my um, adjustments have kind of like I was saying, it was, it's 
it's still less external but more internal i would say at the end of the day um the process is somewhat still similar it's just that it's got more honed so um what i mean by that is at the end of the day i service a client if the client wants to lose weight and they want to get into um you know overall better shape and they are more concerned about the the inches and and that's kind of more the forward thinking that they're thinking about um i will address that i will kind of keep that as the the main thing but i will save about 20 percent, 25 percent of the training always towards the uh slipping in the longevity piece the overall health piece making sure that that i'm not going to compromise their next 10 years for the yeah. next two months and exactly so so that's like that that's like the bottom so at the end of the day there's a big range that I will service the client based off what they want and the, the goals. But if I feel like it's going to sacrifice their, their next 10 years, then I will just say, you know, I just, I don't, I don't think it's the way to go. Um, and hopefully we can find a place to meet where I don't feel like it compromises their health. And if, and, you know, there's been times when usually what I've learned too, is that I just, if I ask better questions in the beginning, before we start, we can get to the point of understanding of that and understand their expectation. And then I can explain through the hundreds of clients I've worked with why that narrow point of view might not, might not work well. Um, exactly. And hopefully be able to convince them the, the best of all worlds circumstance of like, Hey, we can get you here. Uh, that you'll be trim, you'll you'll still you know you'll definitely be in better shape. You might not lose twenty pounds, you'll lose ten pounds. But then also at the same point, it's going to be sustainable. We're going to be able to keep the weight off and blah blah. blah. So I think asking the questions have changed a little bit. Um, my overall experience, how to get there quicker, to kind of cut through the the BS in the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Because I think that's sometimes what happens is like you, I think, I think my old me would try to please the client off of what they said and what they wanted versus now I do put my mindset into there and say, you might not want to go that direction. And this is the reason why. Correct. And, and, and um, I think the other component that also has changed a lot is I think humankind, at least the, the, the current generations that we are still here. I think the uh, the pandemic component changed a lot of stuff, and I really believe that. Yeah. From a from a neurological standpoint, I think there was a lot of changes in our brains. Something happens that causes, you know, anxiety and more depression, and we're more all of a sudden we find ourselves just go 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 trying to figure out a way to just get stuff done because we are gonna go everything is gonna be bad, and so that sense of that. That, that feeling of, you know, we are going to be in a, in a bad place and we, we need to get going and everything has allowed me to actually say, wait, hold on. We need to find, because you and I know that exercise poorly designed is a stressor that actually can affect you. Actually, them doing the opposite that what we're looking for is be better off with it. But um, I think a lot of the things allow me to realize is, hey, listen, 
is the best way to, to fight anxiety. It's the best way to fight the fear of, oh my God, loneliness. You know, the, the, yeah. the more important, the way to cope with stress, with addictions or, or, or people just sitting at home, not doing much, just letting life happen going on. I think that's something I have found is the best and the most important thing for us to do and to let people know the benefit of that. Because unfortunately, some people think, I'm gonna go to the gym, I'm already depressed, I'm gonna see this guy making me do endless amount of things. I'm gonna leave from their words. And it's not the, it's not the case. It goes, yeah. you know, like you say, internally, there's more than just that. Yeah. So there's you know something that I've noticed too that's kind of I've been I've thinking about like the last couple of years and thinking about the pandemic too is that our input what 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 we're absorbing through senses uh has like quadrupled in the last 20 years right. and what i mean by that we're watching more videos more digital content on our phones we're on it all the time and something that's like funny is that uh at least one-on-one -on -one training especially especially if it's in person um it actually removes the phone. Exactly. And it's one of the few times that most people, besides when they're sleeping, when you they don't have the phone and they're not, and sometimes even when they're sleeping, they might have it next to them. So it's yeah. one of the few times where the phone is down for the most part. Now they can get in trouble a little bit. I think those Apple watches and the different watches can kind of get people in trouble a little bit, but for the most part, they're not, they're in a state for 30 to 60 minutes where they're not on their phone and it gives them that even just that mental break for themselves. Correct. Is, is a, is a, is a game changer. And so. I think, I think, I think, um, yeah, I, I didn't even see it when you say that I, I, that's so important. I remember after the pandemic when we opened up the gym that it was almost, I mean, I actually moved to another gym because the owner of the current gym told me that they were going to have to go out of business. So I had to find an alternative. But then finally, this one didn't close. So I came back to them because it feels like family there. They're just always, we had a good group and everything. And I remember the first few sessions when I got back, you can tell the people's faces of excitement just to have a social interaction oh, with yeah. a human. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that happens to you, and I'm open to say this. My house, after spending no time with my family, and all of a sudden in pandemic, we had to spend all day school, work, the office became the, the, the dining table. This, that, that, that just, just compressed a lot of the, 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 the mental part of us. So yeah. I remember those days coming back to like, and that's true. A lot of people actually, they, they see the opportunity to come to the gym, be away from phones, be away from whatever distractions, because a lot of them times are distractions and just yeah. focus on themselves. Yeah. So um, I think, I think, uh, you know, like I said, I, I, like you said, like I, I seen it throughout social media, what you guys have done there and the sense of community. I, I honestly have to say, you have stand out as a very, good model of what a really good program should be like. Not necessarily from uh, analy analyzing like a wellness perspective where you have all the 
the, the components of, you know, I'm trying to build out this nutritional part, the, the, the holistic approach, but I see it more as a community where kind of like, I see the big groups, I see the diversity, I see how well you design the programs, which has always been your strength, but the sense of people are just connected through your concept. And that's something people really wish they would have more often somewhere else in different places. Yeah. I always say, yeah. I wish I would have more hours to help people because I love what I do. Like we talk about it the other day. I yeah. say, I would love to have more time to help. Unfortunately, I don't. Yeah. But, but that's because of that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's so, so true. I mean, like you, you, I think the beautiful thing about having a family is it, it, it saves yourself a little bit from balancing it so that you don't overextend yourself one, one direction yeah. um, professionally. But um, I was saying this to um, Jackie and I was saying this to somebody else that what's cool about our community um, and at least what Calcic Fit is that I have now used the that whatever you call that 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 community like they sometimes like in different uh, professional sports they'll call their their uh, their fans or their people in the crowd as like their twelfth man or whatever the next Correct. person is and I have I have used them in scenarios when somebody comes in the door who I can tell is like mentally a little bit depressed are a little bit like you know they're looking for the juice they think that you know getting themselves in better shape and looking better is going to be the juice but I think what people want is they want that they want to be able to move and feel better for sure but the social aspect and the community aspect of being able to connect with people uh people who are positive you know, I think not even just connecting with people, connecting with people who are positive and like want to lift you up is such a huge thing. And so uh, I've used that when I've said, you know what, we're going to work on, I've, I've turned down training where I said, I'm going to just do training with you for one month. I'm going to get you ready so you can get into the classes because I want you in the classes because then you're going to have that energy and it's just going to, everything else. it's going to just elevate you and then you'll be able to connect with people and then and then if you want to do training, I can do, we can do training in between the classes and that way it supplements your overall kind of health. You get the social aspect and you get the specific right. aspect of how to get more detail in your movement. So. Correct. Now here's um, one question that we never want to be asked. And um, what's the challenge you have, the biggest challenge you have found uh, in your new model of you know, fitness in this industry? What's something you'll be like, man, it, it, it took me a minute to actually figure out how to do it or how to present a better service. What is the biggest, not obstacle, but kind of the challenge, the biggest challenge you have endured in the uh, last few? It's two, two parts. The, the thing, this is, this, this is for any business that has, especially a service business. Number one is people. <laughs> it's it's the, the right team. It takes, it takes a long time to, and it's, it's, it evolves when you think sometimes people, you know, I'm a pretty steady person. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's in a way like yourself, it is what's made us successful because we were willing to do the thing continuously, consistently Correct. for years over years. And not most people are like that. And so um, I would say finding, you know, you have to, I think the thing I've gotten better at is, uh, as a team is our, um, 
you almost have to create two funnels within your your business uh, uh-huh. that has that you know has scale is a way to get customers in the door and a way to get new uh, talent or you know for you. Uh, team members in the door. Um, and that both of those funnels need to be pretty good. Um, and how and learning how to, I feel like in the last year and 18 months, that's where we've learned the most is how to funnel the right person, the people into our team where they can integrate. And then also too, if they're not the right person, be able to make the switch pretty quickly and say, you of know, course. either you need to be in a different division or you need to, or it just, it just doesn't on your own way. Work. Um, I would say the other part is that I think the hard thing is obviously most of the people, not all, but most of the people we're training are, have more money than us. <laughs> and, you know, you're, you're going yeah. to, you, you know, they have, as, as they've, you know, most of them are, have earned those opportunities and most of them are older. So they, there's some of it is just, you know, stacked opportunity and time. But then what happens is, um it's it's kind of like uh i think like when you went to the to the tour de france your 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 vision went from here and it went it like doubled um and sometimes you know training you know i think what we charge you know it seems like a lot and it is i mean we make a good living we are able to support our families Uh, you know I, i don't i i have extreme gratitude for what I'm able to do with my family and occasionally be able to take trips and stuff like that. But to build out something that requires a lot of capital requires a lot of capital. And, and so there's not a lot of loose capital in, in my, my business. I have, I can make plays. I can make plays off relationships. I can make plays off of, um, off of expertise, but, uh, I would say the limiting factor that I'm I'm hoping to close in the next four years is the ability to have more capital in our arsenal or in our business to be able to make bigger plays if we want to make bigger plays. That's awesome. That's awesome. But I, I think uh, like any other career uh, or any other uh, business, uh, you know, small business owners that we have, we are is that we're going to face those the truth is we're going to face those challenges along the way but i think we are get used to more to deal with them too that i think i used to panic and i used to look at numbers and i used to be like what am i going to do here i always look at that like what was coming in versus what i want where i wanted to be now i actually don't see it that way now i see it like what do i need to do myself in order for them to come to me in the way I want it so I can get what I want. So instead of me thinking I need to make X from them, I need to say, what do I need to do for them? So they really, and I think I have done a, a pretty uh, decent job understanding that. And it takes, like you say, you need to get out of your, your ego. like. Things are gonna work out the way I think. No, we, we don't know it all. We actually don't know much. Yeah. But one thing is understanding that when you present yourself authentic and you really present to the people that wanna work with you, that you care about them, that you want them to get what they expect. But not only that, but you also guide them. Because the truth is 
They might see things online. They might hear about their friends, their journeys on fitness, but everybody's different. Everybody is different. Everybody, regardless of their goals, regardless of their age, everybody's goals have to be, are, are the same, but they are, they gotta be approached differently. So that's something I have learned throughout the years that don't just look at the, uh, the immediate reward I will get if I train two more people or anything, but instead, how do I, how do I keep that person happy and understanding that this is a long journey, which I have, I, I'm sure you have kept clients forever. And it's because of that, because I think you have created a great product uh, of service and more than service, just sense of community that you care for them, that they see it, that you know their family, their lives. And we all working for one particular goal, which is have a better life for whatever time we have left. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you, that was well said. I mean, I, I can't really add too much more to that, but it's so, it's so true that you, um, I think once I switched my mindset on coming back to how do I enhance uh, the service and the way that we interact with our, our, our customers, our clients, and then also how can I do that how can I be fair and authentic to my team members? You know, cause I, cause that, I think that's also another part of it too, is, is when you're working with, is that I've kind of gotten less, I I'm kind of going more in the sense that can I be authentic? Can I tell them the truth? If they ask me the question um, and they want to know why certain things are done the way they're do, done. Very similar. I usually have 99% of the time. I have a exact reason why I do it the way I do it. And exactly. so um, I think explaining that and being, you know, when they ask the question, I'll tell them. And, and I think that has helped also me. And it's also helped my mindset so that I don't feel like I'm holding things back from people when I don't need to. Exactly. So it, it liberates you from, you know, wasting energy and time on things that, you know, are irrelevant these days for the clients and for yourself, you know? Yeah. So I'm kind of thinking, uh, thinking ahead kind of, so you have this big uh, camp coming up in Columbia and that that's going to be, I know that's going to be spectacular. I love, love that uh, whole thing. What is your um, outlook, you know, on the future and then, you know, the next couple of years, what are you kind of thinking about um, coming forward? Well, um, uh, one of the biggest, one of the things I would like to do more is, and this is something being always in the back of my head, I still haven't figured out a way to make this, okay, to, to make possible and attainable or accessible to more people what we do. For example, I would like to involve, to get a better, like a bigger population, those who are not able to you know, work with us. How can we just you know, create partnerships, create programs um, to understand that it's just, um, it's, it's attainable, you will need some support from other people investing in you, but that's something I really would like to work. And, but it's still based on the same principle as it, like you said, it needs to be down to like down to science driven. It needs to be applied specific to the person and it needs to be humanized. It needs to be a human way to do it. I don't think doing it through an app. I don't think doing it on a phone again, going back. I would like to do it more on a, 
you know, community type of thing. Um, knowing that um, the numbers of, you know, obesity and, and, and kids are just growing without what we, you and I grew up with more like activities, physical activities, playgrounds yeah. and stuff. That's something I would like to actually maybe dig into it deep, deep a little bit more, work with children community. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably something I would like to um, start kind of working toward that, but, um, and that would take probably a few years to, to develop it. What about you? Well, I think for us, I mean, um, I think the big thing that we're thinking about is how to do more stuff in the healthcare space. Uh, because, you know, I've been working with clients for you know, some, some clients over a decade. Um, you know, you're seeing this, this uh, I'm seeing this kind of gap that's there of connecting what we do already to um, functional medicine. Exactly. Um, and putting people in positions where they can be at an optimal level versus just say, when I'm sick, I go to the doctor, you know, yeah. but when you're not sick, you know, you know, what, what, what's going on? Are you at the levels that would, um, you know, want to get you at levels where you, you feel very vital for your age and, and that it feels that way, even when you're 90, hopefully if you can make it to that, that point. So, um, that's the stuff that I'm doing some research on and going to explore. And then I think the secondary portion is kind of, th- it's kind of, I would say three buckets. It's um, I still like training people, yeah. even though it's, it's in a weird way is the most less efficient thing that I do. In terms <laughs> of- <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, but I and- still need that human part of it man i still yeah there's there's i mean and and that's the reason why the rates are usually the highest for that one-on-one time even though we probably could leverage that to do other things but um but i still enjoy it so so i would say that uh so it's three buckets is that portion then there's the hotel portion our hotel management um side that will continue to kind of develop and and grow and then and then the future side that we don't have right now, but we want to kind of build out is the healthcare side or are the partnership, the right partnerships. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, you're doing what you're doing and you're going to get there because it's great what you're doing. So, you know, seriously, I really mean that. And I don't have to, you know, you have to give credit to those who you know deserve it. And then you guys have done an amazing job there. It's just, you're just too far from me to, create just weekend camps there weekend retreats but we hope one day we can take some oh, one day we'll, we're gonna get you out here maybe we'll probably you know we're gonna make this happen next year i know i know it um that would love that so uh just talk about the, the camp one more time and and then we'll okay. wrap up if you have any other questions we'll, we'll wrap up with that with that sure um okay so this is just remember i i'm extending this invitation to anybody who um is willing to visit a country like Colombia and a place that is actually not known as the, the, the biggest touristic place in Colombia is not the Andes and the coffee lands, but it's actually the most beautiful area. I mean, it's being awarded like the, the, the ecotourism right now has grown up a lot. You probably know that like people yeah. want to go back to see like places like nature and all that stuff that disconnection, disconnecting from phones and, and internet and social media and stuff like that. So this will allow us to actually 
become us in a in a in a in a new setting, enjoying what we love, food, uh, beautiful uh, landscape, and and biking if you are into it. So um, I want to take this opportunity that you are kindly giving me to invite people on the West Coast. Um, I I think I'll send you the uh, flyer and I'll resend it to you. What explains to you where to fly to, what airlines go there. Uh, my contact info in case anybody else is only 15 spots available. That way we make it very personalized. We're going to bring a chef on board who's going to be traveling with us, cooking for us on site. We're going to have all the uh, logistics, a van and the, and the route, insurance, a car providing food and nutrition, hydration throughout the routes. Uh, we're going to have um, a welcoming dinner party. We're going to have a closing uh, party at the end, very Colombian party kind of thing. So um, it goes beyond the, uh, the, the, the exercising part. It's also yeah. a way to uh, culturally get to know a different culture. And if you've never been in Colombia, it's actually a very, very diverse place that you actually will be just absolutely delighted to enjoy. So um, I invite anybody, uh, like I said, my, you, my content information will be on the flyer. So anybody has questions, I'm just available at any time. Oh, that sounds awesome. Well, um... God, I, you know, the way you're talking about, it, I mean, if I, if I, if I was, a, if I got on the bike enough, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> you cycle. can drive the van, man. You can drive the van or you can just cruise, you know, seriously, man. I mean, I love showing people like the way you, one time you brought me there and you show me how it is there. And I'm like, man, I should move there. But I was, I remember I was single back then. I was like, no, it's not the right place. And then now I'm like, that would have been a good place, but you know, things happen for a reason. Yeah, no, that's for sure. For sure. Well, uh, I want to thank you again for uh, jumping on. It was it was awesome to to kind of connect. Uh, no, yeah. I, I want to do this again because it's always fun to kind of talk shop a little bit and and check in and and uh, always connect. So um, thank you again for joining. Thank you so much, D. And you know, I wish you the best, and I hope uh, we meet again very soon uh, with um, your team and my team, and uh, we'll just make something uh, something fun for them and for us. Sounds great. All right. Have a great day. Good night. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.